Hey, Chismosas. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Igby. And we are the Cheesemate Queens. Queens. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheesemate Queens. If you are not from South Texas or don't speak Spanish, chisme, all it means is gossip. So we are here to talk all the tea about Married at First Sight. If you have any gossip to share, go ahead and DM us on our social media. We have an Instagram at Cheese McQueen's podcast and Twitter at Cheese McQueen's. Usually Igby live tweets on Wednesday so you can catch her there. But today we are covering episode six of season 14 and it was hilarious because <laughs> I'm a good person. Yeah. God. I'm a fucking good person. That's why it was hilarious. <laughs> She's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> and she better not come off looking bad on TV. <laughs> She's going to be fucking pissed because I'm a good person. <laughs> that was great. I was like just cracking up the whole time. <laughs> I can't wait for this to be over because I'm so tired of seeing her. I'm so tired of her face. Just get out of here. Everyone is tired of her face. <laughs> She's so dumb. Oh man, but we'll get into it. But before we do that, Igby, do you have any chisme? Not really. I mean, this season, it seems to be online, at least. Everybody's just complaining, (laughs) (laughs) specifically about Alyssa, more than anything. So there hasn't really been a whole lot of gossip besides what we were getting before the season started, which people think is Alyssa (laughs) trying to make... (laughs) get ahead of all the stuff that's happening now and trying to make Chris look like a bad person yeah, uh, to deflect from how bad of a person she's coming out as on the show. So yeah, that's what's going on in the streets. The only other thing I saw was I saw an ad for a new YouTube series called Couch Conversations. It's on the YouTube channel for Black Love. I believe they also have an app that you can download. Uh, but season 13 couple Karen and Miles are going to be uh, one of the couples that is on the show. Um, so I guess it's there's also two other couples. There's uh, Tabitha Brown and her husband Chance. Do you know who they Do you know who she Mm-mm. is? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> She's an extremely popular TikTok and social media person. Oh my gosh, of course I wouldn't know that. She also has a, she has a new <laughs> YouTube channel. She has her own seasoning. She's vegan. She's very, extremely popular. Oh, okay. Um, well, good for her. Yes. <laughs> and then there's another couple, Major and Nichelle. I have no idea who those two people are. Didn't care to look them up, but they're popular enough to be on this YouTube series. Uh, and I, I think they're also newly married, maybe in the last few years as well. Because I know on this first episode, they're talking about um, the honeymoon phase. Um, so I yeah. guess it's just uh, a series where these couples get together and dis- discuss marriage. So if you wanted to see Miles and Karen outside of the Married at First Sight universe um, and maybe get some perspective, it might be something to check out. I know, too, there's a was a lot of speculation about them. Were they together? Were they not? And it was kind of iffy and gray there for a little while because I know they were mm-hmm. both taking like social media breaks and oh, it's them. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the uh, vacation planned and right. then they canceled it. Okay, right. gotcha. Yeah. So maybe this is like a a, a tap in for them. So yeah, and it, I guess even if they were um, struggling with their marriage, maybe they go into that right uh, during the season. So that that should be interesting. 
Right. And I know, too, they talk about being married at first sight because I guess the other couples may not claim they don't know. Um, so they go into <laughs> how it was marrying a stranger. Um, yeah. So check it out on YouTube if you so choose. But that's all I saw. That was okay. I got I got a little little something something. Um, a very very um, perceptive person has connected a bunch of dots on Reddit. I'm not sure if you saw this, oh. but they figured out who Lindsay is on Reddit. Her screen name. Oh yes, uh, it is Top Material Two Nine Eight Eight. If anybody's interested, so she comments a lot on Lindsay posts and um, argues with people and thanks people who are supportive and whatever. But not only has have they figured that out, they have figured out that there's a sister, Lindsay's sister is on there dogging Lindsay. And I guess this sister has another sister that may or may not be related to, she might be like like a stepsister or something to, to Lindsay or a, maybe a half sister. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yes. But those two sisters are always dogging on Lindsay's comments about, especially about their mother and how they are always saying that their mother is a good person and Lindsay's just the bad apple. And it's like a lot. Kudos to you, Reddit detectives. I don't know how people be putting that stuff together. Like sometimes if the thread is too long, I can't even read it no more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially like, like, I, like 300 don't... comments. Yeah. No, this person went in deep. Um, and her name is Beverly Crushing It, because <laughs> she is apparently Beverly Crushing It. <laughs> Shout out to you. But some top things. Let's see. So the Lindsay has defended Lindsay and spoken authoritatively about her work history and background, scenes from the show, things like that. Um, they also have put per- links to purchase Lindsay's outfit- outfits from the show and on After Party. Who the hell wants to buy that? No idea. And then she has the two sisters who've been shitting all over Lindsay at length. And they talk about how Lindsay's mom is not abusive. This is the coming out of, I guess, the... And then she links them on the Reddit post. And you can go ahead and click on them and see all the mentions and stuff like that. So it is it is very thorough. It's a thorough post. <laughs> And that's interesting, too, because I was wondering, watching this episode, if Lindsay had any other siblings, because she was so adamant about not having an odd number of siblings, which makes me think that she was, like, the one that's left out. <laughs> like, she Maybe they need so. to have two or four, whatever, <laughs> so that they can partner up and nobody's left behind. So yeah. it's interesting to find out that she does have another sibling, at least yes. one other one. Huh. Pretty interesting. I think it's really funny how, like, I guess if I was on the show, I would not even bother getting on Reddit because absolutely, I not. would just, especially if I said something and it's taken out of context, you know, because at the end of the day, they can make the show however they want to make it. But you say what you say, right? right? So I always stand by that. You say what you say. So, but I don't want to, I wouldn't want to see anything about myself and how people hate me or whatever. Luckily, this show isn't popular enough for anybody to care. (laughs) No one comments. Right. But you should, if you're listening. (laughs) The The only other thing I saw was, and it's not, not really cheesement, but it's a good point. So, you know, in this episode, 
Alyssa made it a point to say that she wants to live in the apartment half the time. Like, so Chris can take the first month and she'll take the second month. Mm -hmm. Well, they pointed out that she only wants to take the second month because that's another outing. I usually do the couples retreat. And so she wants another free vacation. (laughs) I cannot believe she said that. When she said that, I was like, are you kidding me? I think, and you can tell just like the producers are just shocked. I know production. If we hate, I know they hate her. Oh yeah, that's why she's getting the edit. She's getting. (laughs) Could you imagine that somebody just comes in and just derails everything, and now we have to spend all this extra time and effort to try to coax you into doing Mm -hmm. something you have absolutely no desire and no intention on doing? So now you're wasting my time and playing with my yeah. No. Yep. I also think it's really funny that she was. I think only male producers have been have been her handlers because mm-hmm. yeah. you know if a woman was her handler and be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> like they would lose their shit. Yeah, she's she's ridiculous. Those, I, I, those guys, you could just tell them they're they were just trying to be as patient as possible. <laughs> there are some things a woman will not put up with. Yeah, you, so. you can only go so far. Like, why? Why are you doing this? I know. But let's get into it. Let's talk about Alyssa and Chris. But first, Apey, do you have a title? I do. Episode six, The Dark Side of the Honeymoon. That's an album reference, right? Uh, Yeah. I, I don't know. Pink Floyd. Some... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Somebody's sure. at home screaming like, no, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> I'm 80% sure. But anyway. All right. <laughs> Let's get into Alyssa and Chris first. We'll do the big hitter first. So it starts off them both in their separate rooms. Chris says that Alyssa doesn't want to talk to him off camera. She wants him to act husbandly, but doesn't want to make an effort as a wife. And when we cut to Alyssa in her room, she's just saying she's going to try and stay in the game. What is husbandly? I don't, I don't know take care of her but don't talk to her that's what i don't understand like what is he supposed to be doing you don't even give him the time of day yeah maybe just fetching her drinks and standing far away (laughs) i have no idea she says there's still a lot to say and that's like they're that's kind of like where they just opened the the episode right yeah then we get a, a little tidbit from pastor cow who says the experts are monitoring the situation with Chris and Alyssa and have intervened since Alyssa has started to turn down all of Chris's invitations for couples activities. So now they're going to go play tennis. And this bitch shows up in flip-flops. John Claus. <laughs> like super, super thin, 99 cent, Old Navy, like, <laughs> yeah. this is what you wear to do sports? Okay. Chris is ready to do whatever it takes to be married. And... Hopefully it works out, but if it doesn't, at least he tried. And he hopes that the fact that she turned up today means that she's going to start making an effort. So then there's like a montage of them playing tennis. In an ITM, Chris says that on paper, they're a good fit. They're compatible when it comes to their activities. And she is generally a fun-loving, enjoyable person to be around. Where? Where where has he seen that? When when has she ever done been that fun-loving person around him how can he even say that right the only time you saw her smile was when she was 
busy laughing at you, embarrassing yourself, trying to paddleboard. Right. That was the biggest moment of joy she's had this whole vacation, laughing at you <laughs> in your oh, face. So they finish, they finish playing tennis and she's complaining about how hot it is. And he's like, okay, let's go and chill and talk. So she's like, all right. In an ITM, she says she's being optimistic. She's put in so much hard work to be ready for this. She does her very best and she will continue to try and do that. (laughs) At this point, Chris asks about their living situation because right after honeymoon, they're supposed to be moving into this dope apartment, right? She, of course, doesn't feel comfortable moving into an apartment with him. Shocker. And she asks what his thoughts are. And he says that he gets it. And he wants to do whatever she's comfortable with. Yeah, at at this point, he starts talking about how when they first started, he was very committed. And right away, she interrupts him and says that he's insinuating that she's not committed. I don't know where she got that from. She's just like, any little thing. She's just like, I'm uncomfortable and I'm going to walk away. Just (laughs) grasping at any straw she can grab a hold of. So she brings up the fact that the other couples are going to be living together, doing things together, and they are not. So she feels really robbed of the whole experience they were supposed to have. And it's not fair that they won't be able to live there. In an ITM, Chris says he wants to move into the apartments, but he wants to do it with his wife. Whether they are madly in love or barely friends, they're expected to move in. She has to figure out what she's comfortable doing, but that's, you know, how it is. So again, she seems like super annoyed and Alyssa tells him that he's not understanding her. They both want to live there, but not together. But he's made a decision without her that he's moving in. And to which Chris says, like a boss, I was laughing so hard. He's like, well, you can move in if you want to. It sounds like you're in a tough spot and you have a decision to make. (laughs) I was like, yes, Chris, finally say it. Yeah, that, that was like our top tweet on Wednesday night when I was live tweeting. Mm. Like, basically, she says, no, I want to move into the free luxury apartment, not you. I want to stay, you stay at your old place by yourself, <laughs> and then I get to stay at the new fancy, uh, nice apartment and hang out with my friends. <laughs> Stupid, like, hello. Obviously, that's how this was supposed to work. So after he says this, she just says that she doesn't like where the conversation's going and she walks away. And the producer just chases her down to talk. And she's so funny, man. I just like this whole scene. I was just like cracking up so much to the point where like I watched the whole thing and then rewound it all over again so that I can bring my husband out of bed to watch. <laughs> so I was like, you have to watch this wow. chick. She's so stupid. <laughs> so right off the bat, he doesn't stop. The producer asks if she even wants to move in the apartment, you know, or is it just like a logistic thing? Like, what's up? And she says it's multiple things. She loves the other girls and wants to be a part of this with them. If they ask her to come over, she can't go over because she doesn't live there. And then she starts crying. The producer reminds her that the whole point of this move in is to be moving in with your spouse. And then she says, why is that fair? Why is it fair that she doesn't get to live there because she doesn't want to live with him? They're just not compatible. This is married at first sight, not best friends at first sight. <laughs> I, I want to say, like, what are you not comprehending? These girls barely like her. 
<laughs> right? Why is she so excited to hang out with these girls? That part. <laughs> In an ITM, Chris says at the beginning, he has just done things to make her feel comfortable. But now he's trying to do what's best for both of them. And because that's not what she wants, she's throwing a fit. And he says that's super selfish. Alyssa says that he can't be kind. And since he can't be kind, he shouldn't be talking to her. And look at his hands gestures. They're so aggressive. <laughs> I just gave a thumbs up and pointed. Oh my gosh. Literally, he was standing there like swinging his arms back and forth. And then somebody uh, pointed out on Reddit that she was standing next to one of the pro- another producer and he was doing the exact same thing. She wasn't threatened then. So ridiculous. And ICM Chris says he's had to be really patient, uh, but really he's felt all kinds of emotions. And I, I completely understand this. So at first he was really excited and then he was nervous and then he was anxious and then they got married and he was elated. And at the end of the wedding, he was confused and now he's just frustrated. They're in a unique situation and he doesn't know how they're going to handle it from here on out. So after this fight, I mean, if you call it a fight, because they didn't really have conversation together. Right. They'd have to interact for it to be a fight. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Chris goes back to his room and he calls his sister and the sister looks like super excited for him. Like, how's it going? How's married life? And it's just like, right. He tells her that things have not gone as expected. Alyssa has concerns about them and, but doesn't want to talk about those concerns. And she walks out of a lot of conversations. She's getting really defensive and really hasn't given him any kind of chance. So then they cut to Alyssa at this point. And she's saying that she's sick of it. She's stuck in a terrible situation that is absolutely miserable and that she's going going to be portrayed in a very poor light. She's sick of crying. She's sick, sick of being positive and trying to have a good day. She's sick of being a good person and taking the high road when everyone is shitting on me. Then they cut back to Chris. He has apparently told the crew that he's happy to speak with Alyssa in private and when they, when he says this, they cut back to Alyssa and the producer is asking her if she wants to talk with Chris. And she says, no, I hate him. <laughs> it's like, what? How do you hate him? Exactly. Like even on After Party, um, Keisha <laughs> says she's confused about this. You know, they keep alluding, Alyssa keeps alluding to these like off screen conversations and she straight up asked him, like, what is that about? When were you being, were you being rude and disrespectful to her? And Chris is like, no, like we did have off-screen conversations, but the conversation really went nowhere. Again, they were super duper high level. And it was basically him doing what we see on camera where he's trying to figure out, okay, are we doing this or not? And she's just like not saying anything. Yeah. All she could say was that she felt that she was robbed and that the experts <laughs> matched them incorrectly. That was always her go-to response. Well, apparently she hates him. He's a fucking asshole. He's disrespectful and rude. And he's doing her dirty. And it's fucking disgusting that a man is treating a woman like this who's been nothing but nice to him. <laughs> I don't know what reverse vision she has. <laughs> because it's literally been the opposite. He has not done a single thing to Alyssa. Not mm-hmm. a single thing. And you know, and maybe Chris is an asshole, but we have no idea. Right. Everything we're seeing on TV 
in this show is you saying one thing and doing the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Chris has not exaggerated about anything. Everything that he said, we've seen. You exhibit. Mm-hmm. Luckily, mm-hmm. shout out to production for, you know, their sneaky cameras, like getting all this behind the scenes stuff where she's showing her true colors when she thinks the cameras are down. Well, I don't see how they don't know this because they all have those diary cameras. And this is what I pointed out on Reddit is that it's a weird angle because all of the cast members have the diary cameras, but the production also has diary cameras and they're hanging around their neck and it's like chest level, stomach level. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's this weird, unflattering angle. (laughs) But uh, she has to know that those are diary cameras and they might be on. And if nothing else, you're always mic'd. Yeah. Like, I don't know how she thought she was going to get a good edit, considering Mm -hmm. the way she was. Well, something isn't clicking. The synapses aren't firing or something. She's figured out she's not going to get an edit, a good edit, because she keeps referring to how she's going to get portrayed in a bad light. But she's a good person. But she's a good person. Anyway. So after this, they cut back to Chris, who's explaining that Alyssa doesn't think that they're compatible and that she feels robbed that she didn't get the person she wanted. They cut back to Alyssa and she's still going at it. She says he comes off as this good guy. Guess what? He's a shitty car salesman who sells houses. Why does he think he can move into the apartment and I don't get to move into the apartment? Why can't I hang out with my girls? Why don't I get to be there? They cut back to Chris. The sister says that Alyssa doesn't know if she got the person that she wanted because she doesn't, she's not even trying to get to know him. Chris says no one gets what they want a hundred percent of the time because that person doesn't even exist. His sister said that when his mom and her were talking to Alyssa's mom, they told her that he was very down to earth, didn't raise his voice. He's able to have conversations. And her mom said that that was exactly what Alyssa needed because she flies off the handle and cries all the time. <laughs> She needs someone that's going to bring her down to earth. Chris says that that's the same message he got from her parents and her bridesmaids. They think he's perfect for her and that she needs a guy like him. Lindsay said this too on After Party that, you know, she's making a big mistake. That this is exactly from what she's seen from spending time with him. He seems like a great guy and she's throwing him away before she even gave him a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all superficial, you know. It's, he's physically not what she wanted. Right. And, but she's, she knows she's on TV and doesn't want to say that. Right. So at this point, they cut back to Alyssa. She says the only time she's happy is it, happy there in Puerto Rico is if she's with one of the girls or if she's sitting by herself. She's not being portrayed in a good light. And her mom is very upset. She's mad because she, she's not being nice to Chris. But she's a good person, and if she doesn't come off that way in the show, she's going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> this was stupid. Like, who cares? I don't care that your mom's mad. Your mom's not on the show. Who cares? Right? I'm, That's your problem. My mom said. Girl, <laughs> you don't get the hell out of here. I was trying to think of where I've heard this phrase. I'm a person. I'm a good person. I'm a fucking good person. And someone posted it finally. And I knew it was something in the reality TV realm. It's Nookie when she's getting arrested on the Jersey from the beach. I was like, that's where I've heard it. Uh, but I like Snooky more. 
So at this point, a producer comes in, another one, and says, at the end of the day, this is married at first sight, not single at first sight. So if you're not a couple, you're not a couple and you're done. Cut back to Chris. And the sister is saying that if she hasn't even met you halfway or had conversations, you need to cut your losses. And he says at this point, he agrees with that. They go back to Alyssa. She says she doesn't care about other people. She only cares about how she feels. She's not being dramatic. She feels that she is handling this better than anyone in the group would. The producer says that if she's willing to show up and do something with the marriage, then there's somewhere to go with that. She says they'll have to figure it out and not today. And at this point, everybody's just tired and they they go have to, to their own perspective places. Yeah, have to let it go. <laughs> and like for her to say she is handling this better than anybody else in the group would what are you talking about? Like, I know, like, I know a lot of people have said it doesn't seem like a Jasmina and Michael are, or Jasmina is physically attracted to him. She's not her type. Yeah. And, and we've seen him exhibiting bad behavior. He's aggressive and yelling at her and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. she's trying to, you know, make it work, play along. This guy has literally done nothing to you. You just don't think he's cute. That's it. (laughs) That's it. And the girls kind of try and, dig that out of her in this next scene um she's meeting with jasmina katina at the beach they're just kind of laying out and chatting uh right off that jasmina asks Alyssa what her thoughts are on being there and Alyssa says it's been hard she's happy for everyone and she likes that they're happy but it's hard to be around it since she doesn't have that she tells them that neither of them wanted this outcome she's not blaming chris but she feels that chris is blaming her And that's very upsetting to her. She says that she has put in the same efforts as everyone else. At this point, Jasmina asks if she feels like she's done everything to try and make it work. Alyssa says that, well, Alyssa says, here's the thing, which if everybody starts a sentence like that, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't go well. She says that her, his friends and family told her things at the wedding And those things just don't sit well with her. Katina says that even if his friends and family told her things that didn't sit well, all she had to do was put that in her back pocket and save it for later and just try and get to know Chris and make her own informed decisions. But she didn't. Alyssa says she understands where Katina is coming from, but no matter what happened, she's doing her best to be respectful and honest. And she feels like she's still doing that, which like... This didn't really address anything Katina just said. (laughs) So Katina again asks, do you think he's blaming you because he's unclear as to why you threw in the towel? Alyssa says that they've had a lot of conversation as to why she doesn't feel like they're a good match. At this point, Katina says that in her opinion, she doesn't think she's physically attracted to Chris and there's nothing wrong with that. Alyssa says when she saw him, she did feel like he was physically not what she would normally go with. And she does think that the experts kind of did her dirty and didn't give her what she asked for. She would rather not be matched at all than match with someone who doesn't align with her. Katina tells her that she just needs to be more blunt and tell him those reasons. And maybe she thought she already did that, but she clearly hasn't. So maybe as soon as she does that 
then he can get it through his head and, and it might hurt his feelings, but it's better than beating around the bush. In an ITM, Jasmina says, in her opinion, Alyssa was done from day one. She never gave him a chance and she feels bad for Chris because he really wanted it. Well, as far as that conversation goes, they did talk about this too on After Party. They showed this whole clip. And again, they also say that this is Chris's first time seeing all of these side conversations and all of this extra footage. Mm -hmm. So he, at the time, had no idea she was saying all this stuff behind his back to the other people and to producers and all that stuff. So it's taking him aback a little bit. Uh, but he says that from the jump, he knew she didn't find him attractive. But the whole thing was she never said it. It was never phrased to him in any kind of way. And then Keisha says, yeah, when she was, when Alyssa was on After Party a couple of episodes ago, she point blank asked about his, her uh, physical attraction to him. And basically Alyssa just said, he's not my type. Yeah. But obviously, like we've said before, your type doesn't work. That's why you're on this show. Right. <laughs> um, but Chris was saying that he didn't even care about that. Like, he's like, you know, I'm from Boston. I'm a grown man. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you think I'm not attractive to you. Like, you're not the first person. Right, but right. if that's the reason, say that. He was saying the whole time he was like, okay, is it my, what is making you not want to be in this relationship? Is it my looks? Is it my personality? Is it yeah. something that I can do or change? And she was just not giving him anything. Yeah. So the whole time he's just confused. So yeah, he was just like, she just needed, I needed her to say that. And she just, to this day, will <laughs> not say it. So after her meeting with Jasmine and Katina, they do go to the group dinner and we'll cover that later. But after the group dinner, Chris and Alyssa decide to sit down and have another little chat. Probably producer driven. I'm sure they did not want to have this chat. <laughs> so Chris starts with saying that he didn't know that she was thinking of sharing the apartment. He asked her why she thinks this is the best solution for them. And she says she doesn't know if it's the best solution. She just knows that she wants to be part of this experience. So she wants to be in the apartment and participate with the group. That experience is important for both of them. So I thought that was really funny because she's just trying to, you know, uh, spin it to make it appealing. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. She's trying to no. spin it to make, make it sound appeasing to him. And he's just like not buying it whatsoever. It's an experiment, not an experience. In an ITM, Chris says he's either in this to be married for the rest of his life or he is not. The last few days, Alyssa has used the word experience. That is her motive. She wants to enjoy the experience, but doesn't want to go through the process. Chris wants to ask uh, Alyssa a, a question about before even meeting him whatsoever. And she says, go ahead, ask the question. Do you feel like coming into this process, you were prepared to adjust for somebody who wasn't perfect? She says, yes. She never thought that they were going to match her with someone who was a thousand percent perfect. But there's a lot of differences that that two people wouldn't change on. He then asked her if she has brought any of those things up to him and asked whether or not he'd be willing to change. She says, yes, there are things that we have talked about and we've brought up all of our differences to which he says, like what? And then she's kind of just like twiddling her fingers and like really, really, really trying to think of something that they've talked about. But since they haven't been talking, she can't think of anything. And that's what she says. She says that she can't think of anything. Uh, she says she can't 
mentally have this conversation that he wants to have right now, but she's going to have that conversation in the near future. And he says, when? And she's like, well, we're leaving tomorrow. So I don't know, next week. <laughs> I need some time to think of more excuses. Right? <laughs> in an ITO. Chris says she will not answer if she's in this marriage. She won't do it on camera. She won't do it off camera. So he's just super frustrated. He then asks, when did she tap out? When did she quit? She says she's not quitting because she's there now. He says, yes, for the experience for the other couples, but he's talking about him. She then says that she had a chance to leave yesterday and she didn't go. He asks her then if she's saying that there's a potential for them then. She says she's made it very clear, as did everyone at the table, that this is something she's not going to sit there and give him an answer because that wouldn't be fair to her. She understands that he's frustrated, but she's also frustrated. He needs to remember that they are both in the same situation right now. And he says he doesn't think they're in the same situation. If this doesn't have any chance whatsoever, then he would like to hear that. She thinks that they're generally not compatible and has no interest in trying. And then if you want the apartment for two months, go ahead and knock yourself out. He's in this because he was looking for someone to spend the rest of his life with. And she says, correct, as was I. And he says, that's fair. Therefore, he's going to act accordingly unless she can tell him there's a sliver of a chance. And then she interrupts him again and says that she's not going to tell him right now. He says with the amount of time that they've spent together, and then she interrupts again, she says it's not fair or respectful, and she's already told him, but he keeps asking the same thing, and she doesn't like it when he's continuously poking her. Now she's at a place where he's making her so upset, so what's going to happen? She doesn't like how he's speaking to her. She doesn't like how he's portraying this conversation. She didn't like how she portrayed it at dinner either, and he's just disgusting to her. So she's getting up because she doesn't like how he's talking to her. In an ITM, Chris knows that she has no interest in this. Chris says, if you want to go through this process because you have friends here, you want to enjoy this experience because you want to live in this building with a bunch of your friends, I'm telling you, go for it. I think that's your truth. She again says that she could have left yesterday. And he's like, yeah, sure. You could have left Puerto Rico. She has created this false dichotomy that they're in a situation that she didn't know what she was getting into. And now she's in a position where she has to make a decision. And she says that isn't fair. This is why she had a hard time being calm because she feels like it goes in the same place over and over again. The producer then steps in and asks Chris if he can just give her more time. Chris says that she says on camera that she needs more time, but he believes that she is still here for not the right reasons. Alyssa quickly says that that's not fair, that she's there for the right reasons, and that's not okay. This is her character, and this is the person that she is, and this is how she's going to be shown on TV, and that's not okay because she's a really fucking good person. She had the right intentions, and if she didn't, she wouldn't have gone through this process. She would never in a million fucking years let her family and friends be subjected to this if she wasn't there for the right reasons. So she won't stand there and have someone assassinate her character and say that she's not there for the right reasons because it isn't fair. She just sounds like a petulant child. She's so annoying. In an ITM, Chris says that not a single person has told him to keep going. He wishes she would say 
how she really feels and take the consequences of those feelings and opinions. The next day, it's their last day of the honeymoon. Alyssa says her marriage is a mess. And she's packing up all her clothes and getting trying to get out of the hotel room. They cut to Chris. Chris says if he could get Alyssa a message, he would tell her that she may think the experts didn't give her what she was looking for, but they gave him what he was looking for. They cut back to her. She says working on this was a very hard thing to do. They cut back to him. He says he did everything he could to make it work. He did everything she could to to make it work in the ways that he can control. She doesn't know what will happen with them, but she knows that it's not her fault. She's putting a lot of time and effort and work to be there. She knows she's a good person. And if you don't like her, that's your loss. And those are the last words of the episode from Alyssa. <laughs> Bye. Right. Please stop being on the show. Yeah. Like even during that last uh, conversation, quote unquote, that they had after the group dinner where she was like literally looking for production to bail her out. Mm hmm. It's like, no, bitch, you're on TV. This this is the show. <laughs> We're not going to stop the conversation. Like, that's not how this works. Ugh, just a hot mess. I know. Um, I, there were so many producers. I wonder if that's normal or if they just needed backup to talk her ass into being on camera again. I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hot mess. I know. Again, on After Party, this week there was only Chris and Lindsay were the only two guests. And a lot of the episode focused on uh, Alyssa and Chris and their whole mm -hmm. spiel. Drama. Yeah. Um, you know, they asked Lindsay her opinion on all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, you know, she was really complimentary towards Chris. And she was like, he took the high road. He's a good man. Like, I don't know how he did it, but he did <laughs> And like all but confirmed that they're not together. She yeah. says that somebody's going to be watching this show and see him and recognize how good of a man he is and like scoop him right up. So don't even worry about Alyssa anymore. <laughs> yeah, I bet you his DMs will be popping. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, they also talk about, they reveal some other behind the scenes things that we didn't know. Uh, they talk about... Alyssa uh, apparently has lawyers just on retainer for some reason and was calling them <laughs> during the vacation trying to see if she can get out of this, which is sign number one that mm, maybe this isn't going to work. In front it of was, Chris? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's still trying. I'd be like really insulted. <laughs> well, the fact that she also did not want to give him her phone number period oh my god he says when they were like at the courthouse getting married like officially signing all the documents and stuff that he was like oh yeah i don't have your number and she's like oh it's okay I'll, i know where to find you you cool <laughs> that's cool how about i take your number <laughs> and then call you blocked right two 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 <laughs> uh they all speaking of the courthouse as far as that went uh she refused to say a second I do when they were signing their marriage certificate. You know, the officiant kind of was prompting them to do it and she uh -huh. stayed silent and just signed the document. Wow. Also, there was speculation before the season uh, about the plane incident 
Mm-hmm. And one of the theories out was that the two of them, there was an altercation because she didn't want to sit with him. And that turned out to be true, but there was also that whole Lindsay and Olajuwon thing that yeah. overshadowed it. So it was true. A producer did sit between the two of them on their <laughs> flight to Puerto Rico. Chris said, like, at that point, they had spent all of maybe an hour talking to each other. Uh-huh. And this four-hour flight was supposed to be an opportunity for them to get to know each other. And yeah. she sit next to him. Wow. And we brought that up. We brought, yeah, we brought that up the other episode, maybe an episode or two ago, where we're like, there's no way they sat there and talked the whole right. time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I said she like put on headphones. and like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> turns out you're right. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and put a body in between us. Yeah. To make sure they didn't have to talk. Uh, it, it was a lot. Like she is a piece of work for real. Mm-mm. Well, hopefully we just see her one more episode and never again. Because it looks like next time they are sitting down with um one of the experts. I'm not sure. Pastor who. Cow. Is it with Pastor Cow? Okay, mm-hmm. that should be interesting. Did you see Dr. Viviana was on Twitter? Like she live tweeted this week. Yeah. I think somebody said something about where are the experts? Why aren't they intervening now? Because this is ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. And and Dr. Viviana piped in and said, or and somebody accused accused her or or the experts in general of like they don't care. They already got their money. (laughs) I mean, Uh, they already have their pre-recorded spots. And she jumped in and says, "You can't physically make someone stay in the same." hotel room you know what do you show me show me where that's legal go ahead tell me and so she was getting all defensive about people criticizing them as experts yeah I've seen that argument too as far as the apartment goes like you can't legally make someone you can't make them live together basically well yeah but if they don't live together then they and they're not filming they don't need to be on the show and they need to pay the fine and pay for all that fancy stuff they put in that fancy room you know yeah and compensate for the time of the people who are not going to be working right so whose time you're wasting actively yep all right so let's jump into our next couple how about Lindsay and mark Lindsay and mark yeah 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 so we open to them they're waking up in bed um it's kind of awkward because we know the night before was not so great they're coming off a fight uh mark breaks the silence and says that it's been a hard couple of days and Lindsay agrees uh but they decide to get out of bed mark's arranged breakfast so they're gonna talk it over then in a voiceover we hear mark say that the night before they had a fight that he had all these ideas and hopes and it just all went to shit by the end of the night they show a flashback and you know it shows them arguing um mark says that he planned this romantic dinner but he let her know where she was where he was feeling during that dinner and she didn't react to it so well so if you remember she had confessed her love for him (laughs) they'd had sex all day she (laughs) said i love you in the car ride back to the hotel before this dinner and then at the dinner mark's like okay we need to pump our brakes (laughs) so mark says that um after the dinner itself they actually got back together and talked for about an hour and they were able to kind of work it out they show a clip where Lindsay is telling him that the purpose of a romantic dinner is to make her feel loved and cared for and that's not 
what she got from the dinner that they had. Mm-mm. Mark apologizes and he says that they have a good core as a couple because they have so much in common. And he's just trying to do the best that he can right now. Hopefully they can start off fresh in the morning, you know, start with a clean state, be on better terms, go from there. So at that point, he's like, do you want to go upstairs like together? And she says, well, yeah, unless you're going to sleep in the lobby. (laughs) So basically they squash it. It's back to normal. Lindsay says that intimacy is about having a fight and moving past it. She thinks that the communication between the two of them is great. But they're still trying to learn each other and they can talk through any situation. So we see them sitting down, having the room service breakfast. They've got quite the spread out. And this is when Mark introduces the idea of a prayer before they eat. That bad, y'all. He had to ask God for help. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, step in, please. Please, take the wheel. So Mark in his prayer basically thanks God for bringing them together and for the wonderful meal that's been provided. He also says thank you for everyone who's supporting them there and at home. He prays that they get through the rest of the honeymoon safe and sound. Amen. And then they kiss on it. Yep. And so then they start getting into a conversation about religion and Mark asks Lindsay if she is very religious or if she's into going to church or if that's something maybe she wants for kids in the future. And Lindsay explains that she grew up Greek Orthodox, like full till, like super traditional four hour service, all in Greek, like the whole shebang. And (laughs) she explains that there's a lot of traditions in the Greek Orthodox culture that she really likes. Uh, She says that they've talked before about Holy Week and Easter, things like that. So she wants her children to celebrate those kinds of things because it's more of a cultural thing, not necessarily religious. Yeah. But as far as church goes, she's okay with whatever as long as it's the right fit for them and in the right community. Yeah. Uh, She says that she does want to bring her kids up in church to at least give them fundamentals. Uh, She says that as soon as they're old enough to make a decision on their own, whether they want to continue with that or not, that's fine. And she thinks that they should respect that as parents. Uh, Mark doesn't really have much of a response. He just kind of says, okay. Then they start talking about kids. He asks how many kids she wants to have. And like we said earlier, she says, not three. She can do two. (laughs) She wants at least two. Yeah. She could do four, but definitely not three. Ultimately, it's whatever God allows for them. But again, two is what she hopes for. Uh, Mark says, okay, well, I guess we're going to have a lot of kids then. So I guess he's aiming, leaning more towards four. (laughs) That's a uh, lot. I know, yeah, says, I think uh, somebody brings it up later on, but I, people who have these grand plans don't make the decision to have the first one. <laughs> then you'll see. Right. This comes up later. And especially <laughs> like they're in their mid 30s, so they're not spring chickens out here. Mm-mm. I, I play that game currently. It's hard when you're older. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. And to be talking about four or five yeah that's a lot yeah i'm good uh but she does say that she wants to have a big family so she flips it on him and asks you know how many kids do you want to have and he says that he wants to have as many as he can afford which is important Mm -hmm. and you know whatever really again ultimately what god gives him he's fine with yeah you kind of have to take what you can get in that department you can't just say i want twins and get it yeah Lindsay like perks up and she's like let's make a pack now (laughs) If we get pregnant with twins, that's it. We're done. (laughs) 
and they say deal and drink on it. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good pact. <laughs> hey man, one and done. Yup. So the next thing we see is a diary cam of Lindsay saying she feels bad for Mark because he's being browbeaten by his landlord. Apparently she's been calling him, messaging him relentlessly the entire time they've been on the honeymoon. Not once or twice, but like four or five times a day stating that she needs to contact him immediately or he needs to contact her immediately rather. Uh, but obviously he's busy cause he's on his honeymoon and she knows this. Right. And then that's where they show clips of Mark getting phone call after phone call, uh, picking up his phone constantly. Uh, Lindsay says that it's nonstop. Uh, it's distracting because this woman is constantly stepping in and it's really getting to him. And I, I we, wonder, is this normal or is this because no. of the current situation? No, I mean, like, is this on a regular basis? Is this landlord calling every day? Maybe. Because on After Party, they do talk about this. Because they truly do have, like, a weird mother-son kind of dynamic. Mm -hmm. Like, to the point, this woman threw them an engagement party. Oh, threw wow. him an engagement party. Yeah. And... Lindsay thinks that him being married and having this kind of shift in his life is taking him away from the landlord mom. Mm -hmm. And so now she's acting out and it's like, well, fine. If you want to go and get married, then I'm going to do this. And that's really going to cut off the relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is all just spiteful. It's weird. But, and that's Keisha was like, don't you think that's kind of strange? Like that's unsettling for him to have that kind of relationship with just like the landlord. Right. Random. But then Lindsay says, well, he just has weird relationships, period. She talks about another person, a friend who is married, a female friend, mm -hmm. who calls him like two or three times a day with like, I love you messages and stuff. And it's just weird. Mm -mm. <laughs> and this I, person, I, I hope Lindsay squashed that real quick. Like, well, oh. this <laughs> that's a boundary there. <laughs> this person. And I'm like, hello, you're married too. What are you do? Like, what is yeah. your husband think? Is your husband um, okay saying I love you to another man? Multiple times every day? Like, yeah. Mm -mm. Lindsay said that the this woman even messaged her from the perspective of the most important woman in Mark's life, letting her know about Mark's tendencies and preferences and things like this while they were on the honeymoon. And she was like, no, ma'am, Pam. I wonder if it's one of those women she met yes. with. Okay. It was, she said it was somebody that was at the wedding. It okay. was a guest. Well, she's the most important woman in Mark's life. Why wouldn't she be there? <laughs> no, I understand her being there, but you know what? I just assumed those women were like the wives of his bros. Yeah. But maybe not. No, apparently Mark's phone is blowing up all day. <laughs> Weird. Exactly. Uh, but as far as back on the honeymoon, their alone time activity is going to be a massage. We nice. see them, they're walking to the spa doing the like Laverne and Shirley silly walk yeah. together. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, they get to the receptionist desk and Lindsay, Lindsay introduces herself as Lindsay Mayer with Mark Mayer and they're there for their couple's massage. So she's already ready to take the name. Like she she's said all before. in. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, at, it, and it's too bad she's such a nut job because there's like little moments like this where I find her very endearing. Like she, I, I really like that she's all in and that she wants to take care of her husband and 
and that she is committed and all these, these are positive attributes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she she's an asshole sometimes <laughs> and just crude. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of Lindsay I don't like. And I think too, part of, some of it is, I think the edit that they are getting as a couple, because even with After Party, to me on there, she seems a bit more like normal. Yeah. yeah. And Mark seems kind of strange. <laughs> like awkward. <laughs> yeah, well, like- Mark is awkward. Even on the show, he's, he's, he can't adapt with the situation. Like he's always looking stressed out about what's going to be said next. But it could be that it's because he's with Lindsay because he never knows what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, but in an ITM, Lindsay says that she's all ready for a rub down. You know, she's ready for this massage, but she can still see that Mark is preoccupied with all the stuff that's going on with the landlord. He tells us that indeed he does have a lot of stuff going on back home that he's trying to deal with. Apparently there's a bed bug situation in his apartment. Ugh, I just got chills. Yeah. How does that happen? Uh, I don't know. He says that his stress level is at an eight or a nine, which is why he's glad that they planned the massage for today. Then they show the montage of them having their couple's massage together with the Inya spa music in the back. <laughs> they actually do look pretty relaxed when they like yeah. leave the massage room and go out to the little patio area to have their little champagne and refreshments. And Lindsay asks him, you know, if he's feeling any better now, she understands that he's dealing with a unique situation where his landlord is actually a good friend of his, um, you know, to the point that she's almost a mother figure. Mark agrees. And he also thinks that, yes, she does look at him as a son in many ways. He says he gets her position, but he's just shocked by the landlord's actions. Then we hear from Lindsay that the landlord is apparently trying to change his lease and revoke pet privileges, even though this woman knows he has animals. Yeah. On top of the bed bug thing, which I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I was curious. I wonder, and we'll see, I guess, next time, if it's an actual apartment or if it's a room she's renting. Mm. You know what Mm. I mean? Like Because it... How else are these bed bugs happening unless there's common areas? Well, I guess if you're in an apartment, you can share a, uh, what's it called? Um, well, not oh, only wow. like the, the walls and the vents and stuff, but like yeah. you, you might also share like the laundry area mm-hmm. and, and whatever. But it just seems like there's too close. Like how close, like how close can you develop with somebody who you're just paying every month? once a month <laughs> you know what I mean like it just yeah. it's just very odd I don't know because from what I remember when like in the pre-specials and stuff mm-hmm. I don't remember it seeming like it was like you said like a room situation or something like that I feel like it was like a full-fledged apartment normal apartment huh yeah I, I mean when I had a landlord I would just pay online <laughs> exactly <laughs> so I don't even know how you interact with somebody unless something was wrong Right. And if there is a bed bug situation, that's a her problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we go back to them on the patio and Lindsay tells Mark that she's a mama bear and she does not like what she has seen so far. So back in her, they go back to the interview where she says the landlord knows that they're together and that they're trying to get to know each other on their honeymoon. Shame on her for interrupting them. 
Lindsay's pissed off and she thinks it's totally classless for this woman to keep hassling Mark when she knows he's on vacation. I thought it was funny because they had been using that clip forever. The classless. I think it's totally classless. And we all, you know, all this time with the edit thought it was like, oh, she's talking about Alyssa. Oh, she's talking about somebody in the cast. But no, she's just talking about this landlord. (laughs) Oh, back uh, in the patio, she tells Mark that he's never going to have to go back there again. He doesn't ever have to deal with that ever again. He can just move whatever he needs into her house. What? You're not bringing anything from the bed bug motel to my house. <laughs> I know, right? Whatever. You and your eight bags of uh, goldfish, come on. That's all we got. <laughs> and if he has bed bugs, they might be in his suitcase right now. Exactly. Jesus. If, if I were Mark, I would just hire someone to go pack up all my shit and move it into a storage unit and do a bug bomb and don't even interact with the landlord. It sounds so toxic. I don't know. Uh, Mark says that he doesn't, he didn't even know Lindsay a week ago today. (laughs) And in less than a week, he's married. He's consummated that marriage. He now has five cats. He has bed bugs in his apartment. (laughs) He's moving in with his new wife. He's like in a totally different world now. Yeah. So they go back to the patio and they're trying to make a plan. Lindsay says that he needs to take Monday off from work. The cats are already at the new apartment. They can go to his apartment, get whatever important stuff he needs and keep it at her house for now. Get somebody to take care of the bed bugs, then go to the new apartment with all five of the cats and then try to do a trial run as one big happy family and see how it works. Production's going to lose the the deposit on that apartment. It's going to smell like cat pee (laughs) everywhere. Lindsay tells him that her whole life has been an explosion, so she's ready to help with his. (laughs) Uh, They go back to Mark's interview where he says, it's incredible that she's so easygoing with this process for him. It's refreshing, but it doesn't shake the fact that he's going through it. Even though she's his wife, ultimately, this is his responsibilities. Um, He feels weird to have someone doing something for him. It's very unordinary. And even though it's, Even though they're married, normally it would still take time for him to adjust and feel okay with this. So he likes that she's there, but it's kind of a lot. Especially, (laughs) yeah, I I get totally get that. Like, if you're used to doing everything for yourself to have someone else, no. Even if it is, yeah, even if she is trying to be helpful, it is a lot for someone who's been doing their own thing for so long. Exactly. So the next time we see them, they're uh, meeting up with Chris to see what's going on. They, oh, Mark's clothes. Now, I know on Twitter, I was all, saying like- They're all gym clothes, right? Yeah. I was like, is he sponsored by Billabong? Because I thought that's what it said. <laughs> no, but it's this the gym. Episode, yeah, this, I was able to um, <laughs> stop it and look. Because I'm like, what the, why is he always wearing these sh- same shirts? Uh, but yeah. It's the only way he can get a vacation time. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're gonna, you, can, you can have a leave of absence, but- you have to wear my shirt the whole season. <laughs> yeah, so if you're in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, you can go to Blue Belt, which is <laughs> the gym. Anyway, they are yeah, they're definitely representing hard. So I don't know I don't know how much of a stake he has in this gym. But... <laughs> well, I think he is like the regional manager. I'm surprised they even let him wear like branded clothing. 
Normally oh, production? Yeah. They ixnay on the logos. Well, it's not like Nike or anything like that. But still, it's promotion. Yeah, that's true. We're not your commercial. You're our commercial. Well, yeah, I always thought <laughs> that they blurred things out because they didn't want to pay for it. Mm. Nonetheless. Yeah, mm, neither here nor there. So they're meeting with Chris and Lindsay uh, asks him how, you know, how it's going. And he's like, it's going, you know, I'm doing not good, not bad, just there. (laughs) So Lindsay tells him that he looks a lot better. He looks like he's in better spirits than he did the first day they met. And he says, yeah, I guess, but it's still not where he thought it was going to be. So Lindsay asks, like, what happened? Chris says that the wedding was great. At least he thought so. There was no arguments during the wedding, no disagreements. But late that night, Alyssa came out and says that she has concerns. And he says that he asked Alyssa for clarification and she just shut it down. So they tabled it that night to talk the next day about it. And when they talk at that point, Chris is trying to figure out what he can do to change or adjust something. And Alyssa says, no, we're just not compatible. (laughs) period. There's too many values and differences that we don't align on. That's it. So Mark and Lindsay are clearly confused like everybody else. And they clarify with him. So this was the next morning, like after the wedding. (laughs) And he says, yes. He says that at that point, they had never had more than a super high level conversation. Like, what's your last name? What do you do for work? They know nothing about each other. Yeah. Lindsay says that she's confused for sure because it sounds like Alyssa didn't even give Chris a chance. Alyssa had a vision in her head and when she saw Chris at the end of the aisle, that didn't fit the vision physically that she had. She instantly wrote him off. Chris says that Alyssa has never said anything about him physically in either direction. So he's up in the air. You know, Mark and Lindsay try to reassure him that he's a good looking dude. Mark even says he's a stud. (laughs) <laughs> and Lindsay's like, okay, calm down. He's settle down, you. settle down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Chris goes on to say that she's never said that he's attractive, but she doesn't like his personality. But she's also never said, you're a good guy. I'm just not attracted to you. So he's like, I don't know which, yeah. which way to pull. Uh, Lindsay goes on to say that it's really a shame because Chris is probably exactly the kind of man that Alyssa needs. It's a shame that Alyssa can't get out of her own way and see that. In 10 years, she's going to look back at this and say, damn, he was a great guy. He was patient. He could have loved me the way I needed to be loved. He would have done anything for me. And I threw him away before I even gave him a chance. Mark says that he has to give Chris a lot of credit because never in his life could he be this calm about the situation (laughs) going on. He says, okay, maybe at the wedding he could understand, but for her to drag it on for an entire week now and give Chris no answers is something that he could not take. Yeah. Which is totally understood. I don't know how Chris is doing it, but, you know, Mark is saying that he'd come to a point where he'd have to say, this doesn't make sense. Like, why did you even sign up to do this? Did you think you were going to get some magical dream guy? It was never going to be that. (laughs) Uh, Mark says that he feels bad. That she, that Alyssa, you know, did not give him a chance. Chris says more than anything, he's frustrated because he thinks they are compatible. I don't know why. I don't know why either. They have not talked to each other. Yeah. You don't know anything about each other besides she's an asshole. Uh, But Mark asks, you know, everyone's dying question. 
what are you going to do tomorrow when you're supposed to go home? And Chris says he can only control himself and what he does. In a voiceover, Mark says that in his opinion, Chris needs to just take the L, move on. Yeah. This isn't going to work. You just need to let it go, which, yeah. I think we can all agree. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's in agreement there. But the thing is, is it that he's not saying no because no, he'd be I, on the hook? N- no, I think he wants her to say it out loud. Like, I don't want to be married to you. Because I, I do think that he wants to be married. So if she even, like, he and he's said it multiple times already. If she's even in it 1%, he's still going to try. I really do. I, I think he's pretty genuine about that. I know I know he doesn't want to lose, you know, and um, all that money get sued or whatever. Right. But so he's already made like, well, I guess you'll go into it at the dinner, but he's he's going to move in. Like he said that at the tennis court, he's moving in. So she can either join him or not. There's two bedrooms. So bad, like somebody <laughs> purposely like ruining, and you you're stuck because mm-hmm. yeah, if you you're gonna be on the hook if you if you quit, so you just have to deal with it. Somebody on Reddit said if if we come to find out that Chris gets sued because of Alyssa, let's start a GoFundMe and pay his dues. <laughs> Ridiculous. I know, so crazy. Uh, so at that point, oh, we have a fun little clip of them where it shows them flying. Uh, kites out in old san juan i know that looks so cute mark almost takes himself out but (laughs) Lindsay is just gushing over him she says that they're having a great time and it doesn't take a lot to make her happy she's with her favorite person he's so sweet and fun she really got lucky um she loves that he's willing to do crazy things like this for her her soul is filled with love oh So after this, they go to the group dinner, which we said we'll talk about later. After that, they have a little sit down chat at the beach. Mark or Lindsay asks Mark how he's feeling. And he says that he's really proud of her because during the dinner, some of the conversations, especially the conversation between Chris and Alyssa was tough. Uh, He's glad that she didn't jump in and, (laughs) you know, remained calm even when she got called out. I know right here, right here I, I think uh, I, I thought the same thing as Mark. I was like, is she growing? Is she evolving? Is she learning that this is making her husband's life difficult as well as her own? Maybe. I don't know. Right. Because that's what he says. He goes back in to tell her that, again, now they're a couple. So anything that she says is going to affect him <laughs> because they're a team. So he's glad that she didn't say anything. It was perfect. Thanks for keeping your mouth shut, finally. <laughs> Lindsay goes on to tell us that she has no poker face and had to channel all of her energy into squeezing the life out of Mark's hand (laughs) under the table, not to say anything. (laughs) By any means, do what you got to do. Back at the beach, again, like we were saying before, uh, Lindsay is telling Mark that Alyssa is making one of the biggest mistakes of her life with all this ridiculousness she's pulling. Yeah. Uh, The last little bit we get from them is... They're in bed again the next morning, and this was a weird conversation. Lindsay randomly asks him what he has on the walls in his house, and he says, I've got a lot of quotes, and she's like, oh, no. (laughs) Are you one of those live, laugh, love people? (laughs) And he's like, I don't know what that means. 
And then she talks about the moms that go to Home Goods and Hobby Lobby <laughs> and get all the little word, word, word art. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, says, My house, there's no Hallmark store in my kitchen. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, in an ITM, Lindsay says that the honeymoon is over and she can't wait to go back home where it can just be her and Mark. They can focus on themselves and their goals for the future because that's what she's here for. Back in the hotel room, they're eating breakfast again, and Mark tells her that he thinks normalcy is going to be good for them. But Lindsay reminds him, you're not going back to an easy 48 hours. He agrees, but he thinks that they'll make it through. Uh, They go back to Lindsay's interview where she says that she wants to get her husband out of his crappy landlord situation. The universe is telling him to get the hell out of there. So they're going to remove that stress from their life. And she's looking forward to a future of TV nights and burgers on the grill. That's the goal. That's a good goal. I'm not mad at it. Right? I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, they Fair were enough. real sweet this episode. Yeah, not too, too, too crazy. Mm-mm. But yeah, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen next episode once they get back to Boston. I know that's, that's going to be a mess getting him out of there. I don't even know how you deal with bed bugs in all of your stuff like how do you even figure out what what is infected and what isn't I don't even know yeah I'd have to hire somebody yeah yeah you for sure have to hire somebody because they have to like tent off your like whole house and shit yeah but yeah yeah, as far as like your belong I think you kind of have to let it go because Mm -hmm. even if they do like bomb your I imagine that's like why would you want to keep it after that if it's like Mm mm-hmm poisonous (laughs) right i guess we'll get a good lesson in bed bugs next next episode so i don't want that all right let's move it along how about let's do jasmine and michael bring it on all right so most excited couple they're so boring these poor people (laughs) i don't think they like each other i'm not sure if they like each other or they just don't have anything in common I mean, she does, I'll get to it, but later on, they she does say they have stuff in common, but it doesn't seem like enough. Mm. But we start off with them. Uh, they are going to like a romantic water area. There's like running water and they're sitting on this mossy rock thing by the water. And someone has carved their initials in it and just made a remarks on how cute that is. So in an ITM, Michael says that at the beginning of the honeymoon it was really, really rock, rocky. They've had difficult and awkward conversations instead of lighthearted, fun conversations. So he hopes today they will clear the air and they will like have a little fun date. Michael asks, uh, they go back to, to them sitting on the rock and Michael asks how she feels about the water. She says the water's pretty, but she doesn't want to go in it. <laughs> Which is, under. sometimes I'm, yeah, when there's like, Water is so powerful and you just don't want to underestimate its power, you know, so I get her. It looks like a little creek, though. It doesn't look too gushing or anything like that. So where Noy and Steve went, that's too much movement for me. That's a lot. (laughs) But anyway, so she says that, yeah, she's not really too keen on going in. In an ITM, Jasmina says she feels off. Their communication is really important to her and they're just not clicking. They cut to in the last ITM from the last episode. 
she she's on this like little rant about how disrespectful he is and how she he's talked to her real aggressive and she's not going to put up with that disrespect and on and on and on and then they cut back to her and she, they she says that what has happened on the honeymoon she doesn't want that to define their relationship so she's just going to keep going and and try her best and try and get to know him and hopefully the rest will follow back at the creek jasmina says that michael can't swim either so he can't he can't really say anything about her not wanting to get in the water and he says that even though he can't swim he can probably swim better than her (laughs) michael starts telling her this story at this point about a bully on the bus was this random like yes i was like why why what why did you bring this up out of nowhere but um yeah he tells this little story about how he was short and an older kid told him he couldn't sit in a particular seat and so he moved to another seat and the kid told him can't sit there either and then he just started beating michael up and that he still has a lot of trauma from that and can i have a hug i was like this is forcing i don't know forcing intimacy i don't know i I guess and a weird way to do it at that it was really strange (laughs) i don't i don't know what that was about i don't either it was very weird awkward um at this point he's trying to carve her initials too and even that conversation's super awkward and eventually he just gives up and she says that's a thought that counts he then asks if she wants to try and get in the water and she says, yeah. So she, she gets in the water, but she says he can't splash her. He can't, you know, dunk her head in or anything crazy like that. <laughs> With that blowout? No, sir. Mm-mm. We are not getting our hair wet today. <laughs> in an ITM, he says that he's very surprised that she's willing to get in the water. That means she's willing to try something different, be uncomfortable. And in the end, she's having fun. This is the first time he's seen her smile since the wedding day. Yikes. <laughs> That's pretty bad. This is day five of the honeymoon. I know. <laughs> In an ITM, Jasmina says that she wants to have fun, let loose, and be open because that's the whole point of this experience. But it's in the back of her mind that she won't get there mentally to, you know, get there in her mind to be with him, right? But she's willing to try And after they have their little session in the water, they're out and they're kind of just overlooking uh, the view that they have. And it's, it's beautiful. It looks really, really nice. And she says, she knows she complains a lot, but that's just for the drama. And in the end, it was worth it. To which Michael says he's hungry. So they leave. (laughs) Lovely. Very much so. All right. Next time we see Jasmine and Michael, they're actually going on a double date with Katina and Olajuwon. Jasmina says that she likes when they get together with the other couples because she has no beef with anyone. So it's really nice to joke and laugh and, and get to know everyone. Her and Michael connect most with Olajuwon and Katina. So they're going to have a little double date with them at the beach. So they're getting settled under the umbrella and they're all sitting together. Katina asks if there's any fish, if, if they think there's any fish in the ocean. <laughs> Olajuwon says, uh, yeah, he knows there's fish in there. <laughs> That was really funny. You <laughs> have to do her like that. I know. And Jasmina says that too. <laughs> Don't do my friend like that. She just meant at the edge. Is there any fish at the edge of the water? <laughs> so uh, at this point, Michael asked them if they expected to connect this fast in such a short amount of time. Because it's really obvious that Katina and Olajuwon have really good chemistry. 
They both say no. Katina says she's surprised because it feels like if she'd known him for a really long time, so it really makes it easier to get to know him. Katina then asks Jasmine and Michael if they see why they were matched yet. Elijah says, yeah, that he was going to say the same thing. Jasmina says that they have a lot in common, and Elajuan and Katina say they look really good together, too. Jasmina continues and says that they have a lot of similarities in their beliefs and what they want from a marriage, what they want from a partner. All the things are in common, and Michael agrees. He says, personality-wise, they're both opinionated. They both speak with conviction, so he can see why they were matched. Katina then asks if that's a challenge because they're both really opinionated. Jasmine feels that like she can see both sides, but Michael can't. And Michael says that's funny because he thinks the same thing about her. In an ITM, Katina says they're both really funny because they're focusing on getting their point across instead of getting to know each other and looking at each other's points of view, even if they're on opposite sides of theirs. Olajuwon then says he likes to push his wife. He tells them about the horse adventure that they have, and and I'll go into that later. Then he continues to say he knew when Katina was at her peak, and he knew when she wanted to punch him in the face, and he likes that. He can he can feel that energy. Jasmina tells him that he should push her, but not so much where it scares her, and he agrees and says like if he 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 definitely knows that if he pushes her too much, then at some point he's gonna. She's not going to want to rock with him anymore, as he says. Jasmina agrees and says, it's like you're not listening to her. Ding, ding, ding. I bet you they have these conversations via text, right? Katina and Jasmina. I said that on Twitter that they totally talk shit in the text about their husbands. Oh, yeah. Because for her to read this and not know Katina very well, like Mm -hmm. for sure. And in ITM, Mike says that Olajuwon has high energy. He's aggressive. He's an alpha male. It's a positive to push your wife, but it's also a negative because it can rub her the wrong way. He knows, though, that Olajuwon knows how to self-correct, so hopefully he can fix it before it's too much. Big, giant, red flag. <laughs> that shit's not cute. You shouldn't mm-hmm. like that. You pissed your wife off. That I know. be a game. It's so... Ugh, I just don't like him. <laughs> I think I like him as... Because I really did like Olajuwon during the dinner scene mm-hmm. where he he likes, he likes backs up his friends so much. Yeah. I, I like that. I don't like him as a partner. I don't think he knows how to be one. But we'll get into that. Uh, the next time we see Mike and Jasmina is their last breakfast together on their last day of the honeymoon. Mike, ha- they look, they're, they're looking at their breakfast. And Mike is really surprised about his dish. Like, did you not order this for yourself? It was fish. It was like a fish breakfast. Yeah. Which I know is pretty common in, in the Caribbean. But, yeah. And Jasmina has like a really good looking omelet with some potatoes. That looks really good. <laughs> I was like, why are you maybe, surprised? <laughs> maybe he did try to do something different. He said, you know, you're only in Puerto Rico once. That's Let true. Let me try this. And then he got there and he was like, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That was kind of funny. In 19M, Jasmina says that they've had a lot of ups and downs so far on their honeymoon. Every couple has differences. She doesn't expect them to always agree on things as long as they are respecting their differences. The most important thing is communication. They need to work on their communication in this marriage. 
they cut back to Mike and he's asking if his alarm that goes off at 4 a.m. is going to be an issue. Kind of. <laughs> I hate that sound. Oh, it's so jarring. And and that's what she asked. She goes, is it that annoying alarm sound? And he's like, yeah. And that's the last we see of them in this episode. Yeah, that that 4 a.m. thing is going to be an issue. Uh-huh. Is it from the beginning? Unless he has a fancy watch. Um, I had a not-so-fancy Fitbit, and it had a silent alarm where it would just start vibrating on your wrist. And yeah, it was Apple Watch has that. Does it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he should use that unless he doesn't feel it, I guess. I don't know. Because that is know. the bit. Like, I don't... I, like, I literally get scared when that damn alarm goes off like that. But... The little gentle vibration on your wrist. That's nice. That's the way to wake up. My alarm is dogs barking. My alarm currently is just baby crying. So. <laughs> like, oh, is it seven? It sure is. Get my ass out of bed. <laughs> seven. Mm-hmm. Six thirty, seven o'clock. That's about the time. I'm on Michael's time. <laughs> Sucks. All right, let's go to... They didn't have a lot of screen time, Noi and Steve. No, like none. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what do you even have to say about them? (laughs) They had like two minutes more than Jasmine and Michael. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah, their only scene was, besides them at dinner, uh, was their little excursion. Mm -hmm. So day five of the honeymoon. uh, They're at the hotel and they're letting us know that for their activity, they're going to be going to check out a rain, a rainfall. A waterfall <laughs> in the rainforest. There you go. And get to see more of San Juan. Uh, Noi says that she's really excited to spend a day with Steve and hang out with him more. And it just be the two of them alone. And all these producers and camera people. <laughs> I know. There were other, like, uh, at the end when they were, like, getting in their towels and stuff. You can see in the background, like, other, like, tourist Tourists. people. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that, too. Like, this is not a private... <laughs> No, area. not at all. <laughs> oh, but you know what I, I realized is Steve didn't get his camping trip on the beach. <coughs> Did we think he was going to? I, I thought that maybe he would just do it to see how far he could push her. <laughs> Elijah one style. <laughs> because it really did seem like something he really wanted to do. Well, it wasn't happening on this honeymoon. I guess not. So we see them in the rainforest or whatever, looking all cute, walk into the water. Uh, immediately, Noe says that this looks dangerous <laughs> and that she really hopes that the water is shallow. But Steve tries to reassure her and says, you know, you got this. It's fine. So they're trying to figure out how to navigate the landscape. Uh, they are looking at the water. Like you said before, this portion of the river or whatever is a little bit more active than what we saw with um jasmina and michael yeah so they don't want to get into the rapids just yet well so, and i think in jasmina and michael they were like maybe calf deep mm-hmm. and the and steve i think was waist waist deep yeah. so it was even higher on noise she's shorter right because well, he's like six four yeah so they're trying to figure out where they want to go uh they find a spot where the water is a little bit more calm and they're going to have to go through some obstacles to kind of actually get into the water. 
So Noi tells Steve, okay, so we're going to go rock climbing and then tree climbing and then get in the water. (laughs) Uh, But she does say it with a laugh and Steve is like, is that going to be okay? You know, I promise I will get you there safe and found. We're going to be fine. And she says, okay, she trusts him. And they start to make their way in an ITM. Steve says that in an ideal world, he'd like to go on all types of adventures with his wife. He likes to explore different landscapes, national parks, and it would be exciting to do those things as a couple. Back at the river, they're getting ready to get into the water, and Noe says that she hopes uh, Steve is a strong swimmer. Again, he promises he won't let anything happen to her or (laughs) let her fall or anything. In a voiceover, Steve says that he's excited that they're diving headfirst into an adventure, but the only downside is that Noe is really nervous about the situation. Next, it shows them trying to go down the uh, mossy rocks into the water. So it's slippery. Noi is being extra cautious, very careful. She's holding on to Steve for dear life (laughs) because she does not want to fall. I don't blame Uh, her. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do on your honeymoon? Slip on a rock, bump your head and fall in the river. Right. (laughs) Uh, But they finally get into the water and like instantly she steps in like a sinkhole and almost falls. I've done that before. I think we've all done that before at the beach where it just like drops off. Yeah. So again, she almost falls, but Steve has got her back. He was able to catch her and they laugh. So he asks her if she wants to try to learn to float. So this is when we can assume that if she doesn't know how to float, she probably doesn't know how to swim. Yeah. Uh, so she says, okay. And he tells her to lay back in his arms and he's giving her instruction on what to do. And so she puts her her legs out. She's still holding on to him by the, his <laughs> neck uh, for the you know extra support. But once he's finally holding her up, she puts her arms down and she's like trying to lean her head back and, take a deep breath like he's telling her uh, he says that she should let the water touch her ears and she's trying to do it but is kind of squeamish because the water is really cold so she's going really really slow and Steve counts her down from three to one but just as she's about to put her head in the water all of a sudden Steve flinches and almost drops her because a fish (laughs) is biting him under the water She starts screaming and is like flailing around (laughs) and he tells her to chill. Like he basically has to put her in like a bear hug to like get her to calm down. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, again, they're laughing this whole time. Um, He tells her again that a little fish was biting his toe. (laughs) Sorry. She says she does not feel safe in the water anymore. And he's about to say sorry again, but the fish comes back and bites him some more. (laughs) They do that. They do that to me at Medina Lake. They like my thighs for some reason. Just like, they will not stop until you move. You have to physically move away from them. (laughs) Right. This is, yeah, this is what ends up happening. First, in an interview, Noi says that the whole water experience was a little frightening, And that it was really bad timing on the fish's part. But once they realized the fish were not going to cooperate, they just had to let it go. So they show a little montage of them in the river. And Steve is holding her out of the water. We get a voiceover where she says that her head is all over the place. She's anxious, but at the same time, she feels really secure with Steve. She thinks that he would do anything to make her feel safe and loved. 
They show some more clips. There's a song about holy water in the background. (laughs) And then we get a Steve voiceover where he says that he knows that she was reluctant and that she might still have some fears about the water. But in the end, it turned out to be a fun outing nonetheless. It was great to see her be excited and it makes him feel like he has a really special wife. He feels like they're more connected after this. And in the end of the scene, there's a diary cam where they're both saying they had a really fun time. Noi says that she's happy that they did it. And they kiss to a happy honeymoon, a first time in the rainforest, and a first marriage. The first of a lot of firsts. Nice. They're and cute. They, yeah, they're regular, regular, normal. So that's mm-hmm. why they have little to no screen time because they are just doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, they're truly in the honeymoon phase. So I'm very curious as to what sets them off when they're actually living together. Right. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Noi going ghost for 24 hours. Uh, yeah, that would piss me off. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Call home for what? I'm good. Let me know you're alive. (laughs) All right. Last couple, Katina and Olajuwon. So we have a little scene at the beginning where Olajuwon actually skipped the gym to stay in bed with Katina. So she's excited about that. (laughs) And did you notice she's wearing that shirt that his second mom gave him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, They talk about how they're going to go on a horseback riding adventure and Olajuwon can't wait to see her ride a real horse. Mm. Classy. Classy mm. guy. <laughs> but then the next scene we do see them at horseback riding. The horse's names are Sails and Champagne. Katina is super nervous about riding a horse because she's never done it before and she doesn't like animals. So some people are just not animal people. Sorry, Peta. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Amen. And horses are intimidating. They're big. They're huge. They're huge. And if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing. Like Exactly. And it's not hard to spook a horse. Uh Uh-huh. They can sense that shit. So she's not confident in riding the horse whatsoever. So the horse is kind of doing its own thing. And that's making Katina even more nervous. And she's shaking. Uh, Lajuan, right off the bat, is like annoyed. And he tells her to not mess this up, that she should have been listening to the instructor. Meanwhile, you're not listening to your wife. Right. Say how incredibly uncomfortable she is right now. <laughs> so apparently her his horse has to be in front of her horse for her horse to figure out what to do, right? Yeah. So Elajuan is going fast and she's telling him, slow down, slow down. And he's just not listening He's telling her the horse knows what to do and she's not the first or last person to ride this horse. And if she wanted to throw you, the horse would have thrown you by now. And she's like, don't say that. Not a good place to say that, FYI, to a person who's terrified of being on the on the horse at the present time. Right. Uh, in an ITM, Elijah says that Katina was taking all the positive energy from him. He's not going to lose a life experience because she's not giving it a full chance. He's adventurous, and he wants his wife to be adventurous. He didn't get married just to smile and have a family. He won't stop living his life because his wife isn't comfortable. So she tells him, they cut back to them riding. So they're they're riding the horse. She tells him that he has to have more patience. And he tells her she has to have more faith. 
then the dang horse starts kind of making its own moves on Katina because Olajuwon's horse isn't in the front. So he starts going faster and even after she told him to slow down and so she's getting really pissed off and she even tells him that you're about to piss me off and it's not funny and he tells her she's just being dramatic and she's like no I am scared. She tells him he needs to bring it down a level. Afterwards after this they find a place to sit and talk. He asked her how she liked it. I think it's pretty obvious how she liked it. (laughs) What an asshole. Yeah. Um, she says that she's glad that she did it, but she was super nervous. Elijah says when she's uncomfortable, she just wants to stop. And so that's why he keeps pushing her. And it's not just for nothing. She says that that was her nerves and everyone expresses themselves differently. Elijah said that she was so uncomfortable. She couldn't remember the controls that the instructor had given her. Before they even started, he saw that she wanted to stop, which he wasn't going to do because it was going to be a beautiful experience. Katina says she wants him to push her, but when she's saying she's really uncomfortable, he needs to listen. She wants him to know when to do it and when not to. He said he would never put her through anything he thinks she can't get through. He thinks that she can't get through. Exactly. Exactly. She says she understands that he's trying to get her past her fear, but in the moment she wanted to punch him in the face, and he just laughs. It says he's like he's just, he says he's all, he's just gonna keep, continue to push her. He he's always it. gonna he push her. Up. Yeah. Next time we see them is after what? Well, next time we see them alone is after the dinner scene, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Katina asks how he felt about the dinner. He said he was happy they could put all the drama to the side and vent out how they really felt. Katina agrees. She says she's happy that Alyssa and Chris spoke about their situation in front of everyone. It wasn't easy for them. In an ITM, Lajwan says that Chris poured his heart out in front of everyone at the table. And this is a quote. That shit was one of the most powerful things he's ever seen in his real life. He wants Alyssa to listen to what Chris is saying. Stop thinking with your eyes. This is what you wanted. This is what love is. Someone sacrificing, putting his life on the line, embarrassing himself in front of everyone just so she knows where his heart is. How can you not feel for this man? His heart hit the floor and came back in his chest. Cut back to the lodge one. And he says that they he likes that they talked about it. So now everyone can be out of their marriage. They came to an agreement that they will discuss this at a, a later time and, and that's what's right for them. Next we see them is their last breakfast before going home. Olajuwon asks if she's nervous about anything on uh, going back to Boston. Katina says she's nervous about living together and seeing all the little things that they don't like about each other. But if they get along fine, then that won't be the case. In an ITM, Katina says that he has very he has a very strong mind. He doesn't care what you say or what people think. So best case scenario is that they move in together, get along and have zero arguments. Worst case scenario is he feels like she's not the one for him and she feels that he's not the one for her. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The whole point. Um, Olajuwon says he's 98% sure they'll be okay. But the 2% is what worries him. People get distracted. They change. He doesn't think she he doesn't think she will. 
and he hopes that the little shit that they do encounter won't impact them. When you're tired at the end of the day, please put effort into this marriage. She said she was just about to say the same thing to him. Don't forget the conversations that they had there in Puerto Rico about being patient with each other. He says they will be okay. I love you. I want you to know that. And that's the end of their segment. I think when he said people get distracted, is he people? Projection, projection. Is he people? I'm saying you, but I really mean me. (laughs) He's constantly doing that too. Uh Uh-huh. It's like nothing she did exhibits that. That's you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. He's, um, he will, the first time, if, if he is how, if he really is how he is portraying him, his old self to be, they're going to walk into and run into his girls wherever they go. The grocery store, the gas station, our restaurant. He's, this is going to happen and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and then they say that somebody, you know, 2 a.m., Text him in the middle of the night. Hey, what are you up to? That's going to set her off. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, it can, it can go really left. Yeah, it really can. But we'll see. We'll see how they handle it. I don't know. They, if you don't see him as a love bomber, which I tend to, because some people did point out like he's taking this so seriously and so lovey dovey because this is the first time he's been in an actual committed relationship. So maybe it's not necessarily love bombing. Maybe it is inexperience, which that could be it too. And if that's the case, maybe his intentions are good. Maybe they will make it after he gets a hard reality check of what a real marriage is. Right. When he's not getting those three hot squares every day. (laughs) Yeah. That mofo said, when you go into the store. And she looked at him like, bitch, never. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can't wait. I know, it's going to be really good next week. It's going to be really good. Uh, What do we have left? Uh, Dinner scene? Dinner. Is that it? Yep, the finale. Cool, cool, cool. Let's go for it with all this drama. These people. That doesn't need to be there at all, but. It really doesn't. Everyone is meeting up to have group dinner. They're all sitting around the table at the beach. Noi says that she's excited to touch base with everyone and see how the other couples are progressing so far. She's hoping for the best and that they have a good time because there was tension at the beginning of the honeymoon, but hopefully it's all squashed by now. Mark, uh, once they're sitting down, he um, asks the group if they're excited about getting back to the real world in Boston. Jasmina says that she is. She misses her job and her everyday routine. Um, You know, Lindsay says she has a hard time remembering what uh, Jasmina does for work. And Jasmina says that she works with toddlers. I didn't know this. (laughs) Yeah. Because like in her, wasn't she in her classroom in like one of the beginning like special things? I didn't watch any of the specials. Mm. But yeah. Imagine being woken up at four o'clock in the morning and then have to deal with toddlers. Mm-mm. Uh, wait a minute I do <laughs> I can't imagine that times times. how many in the classroom 15 oh, no. <laughs> I can't oh no That's terrible <laughs> so then the conversation switches to kids and family planning and that kind of stuff 
They try to guess who's going to have kids out of the group first. Everybody says Noi and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Chris says that he agrees. He thinks it would be Steve and Noi on purpose or Mark and Lindsay by accident. <laughs> Michael asks the group if in general they all want to have kids. And it seems like everybody does except for Alyssa. She basically is just at the table. She's not engaging in any of the conversation whatsoever. Because she's, she's like, a kid. <laughs> I'm here so I don't get fined. Period. <laughs> So they are starting to talk about the idea of everybody wanting two and a possible. Yeah. That seems to be the consensus. But Noi pipes up and says, no, three. That's it. We're having three. <laughs> and Chris, like we were saying before, chimes in saying, well, maybe you need to have one or two first and then decide if you want to go on to a third. And Steve is like, yeah, you, you see what he's saying? <laughs> Slow it down. Because again, he's almost 40. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute now. But then Chris uh, goes into talking about how he didn't really want to have kids, but the last few years, the rest of his life has been coming together as far as his career, his mental health, his confidence, things like that. Now he feels more comfortable about having a kid. Lindsay and Katina both tell him that, you know, he's going to be a great dad one day. Uh, Steve tries to keep things light and he jokes, if not, then he can watch um, their third kid. And they all <laughs> laugh. Uh, but then he goes back to being serious and Mark asks if anybody has had any bumps that they've had to work through so far during the honeymoon. Everyone is quiet for a second, but then Michael chimes in that they've been having issues with his communication style. He needs to work on his delivery so that he doesn't sound so harsh all the time. He's learning how to convey a message in a way that's beneficial and that doesn't create a bigger issue because of his delivery. Katina tells him that self-awareness is huge. So the fact that he has recognized this and knows this is step one because some people can't even do that. Steve too chimes in that uh, even his effort is commendable because if you're actively trying, that counts for something. Even if you don't get it right, at least you're trying and you're doing your best. Olajuwon says that he's learning that it's not I anymore, it's we. Um, again, we go back to him talking about how he needs to learn that he can't keep pushing his wife to the limit on every little thing <laughs> in life. You know, he's a very energized person and not everybody's like that. He has to learn to have more patience and to hear what she's saying before it gets to the point where she's pissed off and has to like check him hard. Yeah. But then like he does before, he turns around and says he likes that though. <laughs> but he likes a lot of uh, weird things. I, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. No shame. As long as he doesn't hurt himself or others. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he says that he would roll over someone that was just passive. Then Katina, being just as dumb, agrees with him. And she's like, yeah, because whoo. <laughs> and he kind of shoots her a uh, like, look. And then she like hugs up to him. It's like, oh, just kidding. I love it. I like that. Uh, like uh no this is toxic behavior stop it <laughs> both of you all bad but then there's a little um interview with jasmina and michael and jasmina says that she thinks that katina and Olajuwon balance each other out they are both able to reel each other in when it's needed even though they communicate on different levels back at the dinner Noi says that Steve expresses himself very differently from her. He's analytical and logical because he's a realist. So for her, 
she had to recognize that just because he's not reflecting what she says to him right away doesn't mean he's not feeling it. Steve says that they had a tough conversation where she was asking him how he felt and he basically told her, you know how I feel about you. It's although he can't express it verbally, she should know by the way that he looks at her and the way that he touches her. You know, they're a very hands-on couple. They like to snuggle, hold hands, all that kind of stuff. And for Steve, physical touch is a way to communicate how he feels. He hopes that it reassures Noi because even though he's not giving verbal affirmation that his actions are you know really showing her how he feels but he's also learning that sometimes she needs the words too so he's trying to yeah reconcile that with himself and it's good that he sees that so early on Mm -hmm. mark says that for him it's been allowing Lindsay to help him with things that he's used to doing for himself he's never been in a situation where he's had so much support from his partner so early on Then Lindsay turns it on Chris and Alyssa. Like, what about y'all? And of (laughs) course it's awkward. Dick dick move. (laughs) Again, Alyssa not even entertaining the question. She says, don't ask me. They're good. And continues to eat her dinner like nothing happened. (laughs) So Chris says that he knows that they're not in the same place as the rest of the couples. So they've certainly had bumps. But then Alyssa's like, nope, we're not going to do this. She cuts him off and says, we're taking it day by day as it comes. We're both still at the table, right? So everything's cool. <laughs> then we get a voiceover where Chris says that he and Alyssa do not talk to each other off camera or outside of when they're doing an activity together together on camera. He is trying to push as hard as he can, but still give her space. But he wants to know if she's not all in so he can be done and move on. She needs to say it out loud on camera to everybody that they're done he's reaching his limit Mm -hmm. it's about damn time right only took a week (laughs) so back at the dinner noi brings up the fact that part of the experiment is moving in together so what's going to happen when they get back to boston she says or she asked chris and Alyssa what they're going to do as far as that goes and Alyssa says well we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet but her thought is that He can move into the apartment for the first half of the experiment and then she move in for the second half. Alyssa explains that she still wants to be a part of the show. So even if it doesn't work out in a romantic sense, that doesn't mean they can't still participate in the group. (laughs) Everybody is looking at her like, you cannot be serious right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) did you just say that out loud? Do you know what you just said? And most surprised is Chris because... He says this is the first time he's heard of this plan. (laughs) And it's definitely something he is not interested in doing. Mm -mm. He loves everybody in the group, but he didn't come here to make friends. He came here to be married. So it's either all in or all out. This is not a custody hearing. We're not splitting the weekends (laughs) like a divorced couple and the apartment and the group are our kids. Like, no. He's convinced that she's continuing the process because she wants to live in the apartment building and not because she wants to have anything to do with their marriage. Yep. Back at the table, he says that his drive to find the person that he wants to spend the rest of his life with is, you know, that was his goal. In his mind, with someone, if someone wants to move exceptionally slow, that's fine because he's thinking we have a lifetime. We have forever. So sure, take your time. But- He can't keep putting himself out there unless he's going to get something back. At this point, he's getting zero back. Alyssa makes a face at this. And in an ITM, she goes back 
to the theory that she's still trying because her physical body is there. She's trying. <laughs> Actually, it's his fault because she's trying to make solutions for the problems that are being presented <laughs> and he's not willing to compromise. It's a disappointing it's disappointing to her that he won't even entertain her ideas because Chris is actively trying to make her look bad, but that's not going to happen because she's a good person, obviously. <laughs> oh, man. They go back to the table where he straight up tells her that his actions are going to depend on, you know, what she wants to do. So if she's out, he's out. But if there's even 1% that she's willing to put in, he is willing to put in 100. But here we go with some more bullshit because instead of answering him, she says more to the group than to him. Yeah. That it's been a tough journey for her, but she wants everyone to remember that it's not her fault that this happened. <laughs> then they are showing shots of Lindsay and uh, Elijah particularly where they're like looking at her like, I can't believe you're saying this. They're all making all kinds of faces. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Alyssa calls out Lindsay and is like, don't do that while I'm talking, Lindsay. And Lindsay says, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> but they keep it going. Um, well, actually, they go to an ITM of Lindsay where she says everything that comes out of Alyssa's mouth is, is totally disingenuous and is fake. And all she can do is stare at a palm tree because she knows she doesn't have a poker face. <laughs> She's literally dying to call out bullshit. Yeah. Oh, wait. Didn't, in After Party, didn't she have that line that Alyssa's faker than her fake lips or something like that? Yep. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've followed Trish Paytas enough to know botched lip job. You could even see, like, she just got them done, too. Like, you can see the scar. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. Not cute. Definitely fillers. Yikes. Um, Alyssa said that she came into this experience with the best intention, best intentions, just like everyone else. And she put in the work just like everyone else did. But it hurts that things worked out this way. At this point, she starts with the waterworks and says <laughs> that it has not been easy for her. And uh, uh, she like literally Mine. can't think of another lie to Mine. say. <laughs> Basically, so the girls at the table are like, "Oh, it's okay. Take your time. It's okay because you're upset. We understand." But Chris comes back and says, "Again, I need to know if you're all the way out. <laughs> this is literally my only question at this point." And she stays silent. So Katina chimes in is like do you understand where Chris is coming from and what he's trying to say then Alyssa says that she thinks that this is a conversation that should not be had in front of everyone and Chris says it never is <laughs> this is when Jasmina comes in and says to Chris that he needs to respect the deci- respect her decision if she doesn't want to talk about it in front of everybody and Alyssa goes on and oh, well Jasmina goes on about how Alyssa says to them that she was more willing to more than willing to answer any questions that Chris had and that they do owe each other this conversation, but it's none of the group's business. So they should just do it on their own. Now, at this point, I wish Chris would have spoken up and told them this bitch don't talk to me. She literally runs away from me every time I try to talk to her. We don't even have each other's phone number. Exactly. 
We can't even text this conversation. <laughs> right. Because little does he know she's going behind his back and telling him, yeah, I told him all this stuff and he's just so mean and disrespectful. And mm -hmm. da -da -da -da. She's spinning this whole other story. Yeah. When literally she does not talk to you and they have no idea of that. Ugh. At that point, we get a little interview clip with Katina and Olajuwon where he says that basically, he says what we're all thinking. Alyssa is just bullshitting and is coming up with excuse after excuse. He says that he feels for Chris because he's still entertaining this. He's still holding out hope for that 1% so he can give 100. They go back to the dinner where Alyssa is telling Chris that it's not fair to say that she's not trying because she's still sitting at the table she's had multiple opportunities to leave the vacation and didn't <laughs> chris says okay so does that mean you're trying to decide whether to try or not <laughs> it's like still and same question same question i'm not going to talk about that in front of everybody so everybody's at the table literally rolling their eyes because she's saying i can't sit here and give you a yes or no right now uh just because Everything didn't work out the way they wanted it to doesn't mean she's not trying. Uh, then they go back to Olajuwon saying in the little interview saying that, again, she's giving bullshit answer. Why would you leave sunny, beautiful Puerto Rico to go back to Boston one day early? Yeah. There's no way that she has even given a fraction of what he's done like in his relationship to build uh, you know, with Chris. Then we get an interview with Lindsay. She says she doesn't know what's going on with Alyssa. At this point, Alyssa probably don't even know what's going on with Alyssa. <laughs> she keeps making it about herself and how she was robbed of the experience. But what about him? She didn't even give him a chance. Yeah. The table, like she, he literally got the shortest end of the stick. We go back to the table and they're all kind of asking Chris if he's okay. And he says, you know, I still don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. A lack of an answer to him means that he can't commit really to a decision for himself. Yeah. So in not knowing, all he can do is continue to try because he committed to this process. He doesn't want to quit. So he's just kind of in limbo. He says of all the scenarios he tried to envision happening before coming into this whole situation, this was definitely not <laughs> something he saw coming no. or even imagined. It's a very unfortunate situation, says Jasmina. <laughs> and that was dinner. Dang, that's the show. That's the show. What are you uh, most looking forward to in this next episode? Michael lying. Yeah, that's going to be good. That's like, going to be really good. Why? I just, why would you tell just a bold face lie? Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm nope. left-handed. And then you see me right with my right hand. The fuck? <laughs> The only like, why thing, would you even lie about that? Exactly. The only thing I can think of is why he would lie about it is because he's fucked her. <laughs> why else would you lie about it? But still, lie about that part. <laughs> right. You're lying about the wrong part. If that's the case. Well, um, what about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to wrapping up this Chris Alyssa nonsense i hope i because i don't know because didn't they say uh well the rumor mill that her last episode was supposed to be this episode but here it is episode seven we're getting a little bit more so i wonder when they will stop being on screen yeah and um i know we've been saying on here how the episode descriptions tell us a lot yeah and the episode description for episode seven it says Something about four and a half couples move into 
their new homes. And I'm like, wait, don't tell me I'm going to have to look at half a couple for like this whole season. I don't know. Be- well, because this has never happened this early. Yeah. Like usually when somebody moves out or whatever, like it's further down the line. Yeah. So they don't have to fill like the whole season with uh, half a couple where it's just like a random extra person at the group dinner and shit. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. It should be good. It should be a good one. I haven't been uh, bored yet. They've all been pretty stellar episodes. The weddings were boring. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honeymoon-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Past the, yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. Did you notice um, they're definitely not at the latitude this season? <laughs> no, I didn't. Tell the cost of living between <laughs> New England and Texas. <laughs> No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> they seem like they're just like in a regular, regular apartment. Well, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, hopefully they show the name of it and you can do your detective skills like you did last time. You know, <laughs> I love a background something. <laughs> you know, I looked up this resort. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will continue to cover Married at First Sight Season 14 in Boston, in Beantown. Remember to continue the conversation on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Cheese McQueens Podcast, on Twitter at Cheese McQueens. And we also have a Facebook discussion group, so go ahead and jump in on there too. Help other cheesemosas find us, share, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Anything else, Igby? I got nothing. <laughs> Well, then, all right. Why is that funny? Because <laughs> it's just, just so, um, I don't know, so blunt. I'm like, okay, yeah. Awesome. It's the truth. I'll take it. I already all talked right. for two hours. <laughs> well, all right. All right, y'all. Bye. See ya. The end.